Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, or should I say good morning, because we are still before noon. We were on track at 8 o'clock this morning here at Watkins Glen International. The pit walk very well attended uh, in the pit lane right opposite our Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Thanks if you've been listening in to our Michelin Countdown to Green. We'll recap the Porsche keys to the race for you in a little while. It's John Hindhoff and Jeremy Shaw with you for the next six hours and a bit. Michelin Porsche Race Tech to wrap things up at the end of the day. It's Joe Bradley and Shay Adam working the pit lane for us in fantastic weather now if you were sunbathing and having drinks with little umbrellas in them. It is uh, 26 in the air, 34 Celsius on the track, or if you prefer, 79 Fahrenheit and 93 on the track. We have got a brilliant lineup of cars and drivers for the Seal and Six Hours of Watkins Glen. The first time that we've had all five of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship classes together for quite some time. And the challenge today, well, the age-old challenge is the clock itself, and six hours uh, is there. And the circuit, well, what a challenge that is too. Back in the late 40s and 1950s, when road racing was still the major part of motorsport around the world, the roads around here were used for four years. But it was soon realised here and across Europe too that that was far too dangerous. And in 1955, carved out of this beautiful green area in upstate New York, 11 corners, 3.4 miles. We're on the Grand Prix track at the moment. Action areas at turn one into the inner loop, over the brow into turn eight, a passing position as well. And it has, well, down through that last, well, more than 60 years, has provided a challenge for some of the best cars, drivers and riders of any in the world. Subject to some... Uh, upgrades and repaving a few years ago that's really smoothed it off some drivers will tell you they like the old surface because it had some nuances particularly when it was wet and there was bumps that you had to avoid but undoubtedly what has happened is the speeds have gone up the lap times have come down and the commitment required from all of these drivers whether they're in gtd gtd pro lmp3 2 or the top class DPIs is extraordinary. And six hours in this heat, Jeremy Shaw, is going to be a challenge. We've used that word many times, but it is going to be a challenge for everyone concerned. Yeah, immense. Uh, yeah, not so much as it, not so bad as it used to be, because as Conor Di Filippo was saying, most of these cars are, have air conditioning systems now, which they never used to have in the old days. But there's a lot more paraphernalia in there as well the cockpits are even hotter than they used to be as well so yeah it's a workout but mentally it's taxing as well particularly as we've just been talking about with the traffic here you've got to be on your toes the entire time interesting that some teams choose to go with two drivers in this race some with three that's in the pro classes only in the pro-am classes which is lmp2 lmp3 and gtd you don't have a choice you have to have three drivers during this race 
Shea Adam is on the pit lane. First of good news, Shea, everybody has left you. Everybody made it off. We thought there would be maybe one car down after last night's incident, but no, both teams managing to rebuild. That would be the Gradient Racing Acura and the Hardpoint Porsche. So every single car rolling off on the grid, which means we have 48 race cars out on the track. Split start. A lot of people are happy about that. A lot of race fans are happy mostly because they get to watch two separate starts for today's race. And speaking of starting today's race, 53 rookies in the field as far as they have never taken the green flag of this six-hour race. Well, they're about to lose that title. And we've got a rookie of our own in terms of Watkins Glen, a lifetime ambition fulfilled for Joe Bradley, who's at WGI for the first time, and it's lived up and exceeded expectations, Joe. It absolutely has. It's lived up to everything I expected. It's uh, the only word that I can describe for Watkins Glen International is majestic. It's it's got such a rich history. It's a circuit that is on a bucket list. I've ticked it off my bucket list for sure. Sirius 207 around the world on RS2 IMSA Radio via IMSAradio.com. If you're outside the US in a territory that doesn't have network TV, hit the live video button. And we've got sound and vision together. Coming to the line, it'll be Tom Blomqvist for Bayashank Racing in the number 60 pink Acura with the blue and black Acura of Connick Minolt and Philippe Albuquerque alongside him. 60 and 10 on the front row from the two Chip Ganassi Cadillac, 01 and 02, Bordet and Earl Bamba behind them. Oli Plant, Tristan Fortier, Ben Keating's on P2, Paul, Nico Varone for Fast MD on LMP3, Paul, and that is the first group of cars that comes to the green flag, which is in the air. Six hours on the clock starts right now. And immediately, Shank Racing controls the first corner to the right-hand side. Tom Blomqvist up the climbing S's tracked by Philippe Albuquerque. I do wonder if the two Acura teams had discussed that because there wasn't too much of a battle. Oh, I see that, and Albuquerque comes straight out the right-hand side. No quarter as they're given earlier on this side-by-side, side going in the breaking area for the infield loop, and through goes Albuquerque. I wonder if that was the extra chocolate croissant that he had this morning. I was next to him in the queue, and he said, I need some long, uh, long delivery carbs for energy today. Tried one of the chocolate croissants, really enjoyed it, immediately snagged another one. And he's gone straight into the lead. Here comes the GT field, headed up by the GT pros, of course. BMW, Conor de Filippi with Ross Gurn, Harper Racing, Aston Martin alongside him. Then the GT arms, the GTDs themselves. David Regon, Ben Barnicutz, Mathieu Jaminet, Jordan Taylor, Cooper McNeil at the front of the field. Then the full GT D cars, which is Stephen McAleer, first pole positioned for Team Courthuff and Stephen in the Mercedes. Richard Highstand, Robbie Forley, Russell Ward for Winwood Racing, and that's a good clean start from them as well. I do like this split start, Jeremy. That uh, ensures that we get to see both starts and no one's tripping over each other early. And should there be a problem at the front of the field, it doesn't delay the GTDs or get them involved. GTD Pro is the works cars with full pro lineups for the most part. The GT Daytonas, you are not allowed to have a platinum driver in there. Corvette picking their way through at the moment. That's Jordan Taylor who's starting that car side by side with the number 39. That is the Lamborghini uh, that of the car bomb with Peregrine, Robert McGuinness, and into the pit lane early. 
for one of the LMP3s. That's the Andretti Autosport car, and that looks to be a drive-through penalty. Well, that hasn't come up on my race control channel, so not sure. That may have been assessed for something changed there. Starting tyres after qualifying. Just come up on the screen now and share Adam Reporter in my ear. Faf with the driveway Porsche, the plaid Porsche going down the inside of the Ferrari into turn number 11. This is the battle in the GT category. And Faf down from Canada doing their usual great job. Mathieu Jaminet being named as one of the Porsche 963 GT drivers for next year for Penske, for Team Penske Porsche. Um, picking his way through. He got uh, right up the inside and there was a little touch, in fact, on the Risi Competizione Ferrari. Great to see the 62 car park. Devonir Regon starting that car. But a little hip and shoulder from Mathieu Jaminet. Jam Jam to his friends. That's the nickname that his teammates gave him, actually, in the Porsche squad. Through the outer loop for the leading GT cars. And it is still the BMW at the head of the field. Meantime, at the front of the pack, Philippe Albuquerque has set sail. And he is eight tenths of a second to the good and leads for Konica Minolta Acura in the DPI. Second place, Paul Sitter, Tom Blomqvist. Porsche keys the race, Jeremy. The tyres will take a beating here. Relatively cool on the track at the moment at only 97 Fahrenheit or 35 Celsius. We had it up to 50 Celsius and 120 plus on the Fahrenheit scale. But these early laps, so important for the drivers who are on the actual tyres on which they qualified. Key point. Exactly true, and uh, in lap three, we're already in traffic here for the leaders. Uh, that was, was rather more of a gap between the, uh, the the split start than I would have anticipated there. But uh, uh, you know, it, it was nice and clean. They're all the cars are all settled down now, but, and we're going to be battling all the way through. That was a great opportunity passed by uh, Philip Albuquerque on that fast lap. I mean, just shows I think the importance of track position here. So far as Albuquerque and that Colin Kamenolta team is concerned, they wanted to get out front early on. LMP2, same thing. Uh, Stephen Thomas having lost out by thousands of a second to his, uh, co his compatriot uh, number 52 in qualifying, uh, Ben Keating. Stephen Thomas has taken the lead in LMP2. And just a, a quick note about traffic on the traffic here. The, the first flying lap, uh, which was just about clean for Albuquerque, was a 132.9. That's the fastest lap of the race. This next time around was a 135.5, so two and a half seconds slower because he's already negotiating that GTD traffic. Yeah, everybody will have to pick their way through it, of course. Tom Blancfist around the outside of the GTDs. Surfeet of power and grip over the GTD cars and he's able to pick his line through. It's a bit like a video game at the moment where you set a target of how many cars you've got to pass in two laps of the track. 3.4 miles, 11 corners. Classic, classic road racing here at Watkins Glen International. Just coming down to six minutes of the six hours completed. And in the classes, it's still Stephen McAleer who leads for AMG. And for Gilbert Kortov, then Robbie Foley from the number 96 Turner Motorsport team. They are basking in the glory of yesterday. In LMP2, it is 
Stephen Thomas for Orica. Ben Keating has lost the lead that he had from the pole position. Stephen Thomas, the last person to beat Ben Keating to a pole. And it was here just on a year ago for this race. Remember last year we had a sprint race afterwards. Ben Keating was on pole for that and he's never not been on pole since this time last year. An exceptional run of eight pole positions for Ben Keating. Surely one of the best bronze bronze drivers in the business at the moment Jeremy yeah but uh, he, he was as he acknowledged this morning uh, Stephen Thomas get, did a better lap than him on the next lap in qualifying but unfortunately was held up by a, a DPI car that was uh, coming into the pits which was really unfortunate for him but uh, yeah, there's a there's an interesting pass there Kobayashi making up two positions on that lap he car number 48 got past both Tristan Voce and Olivier Pla so number 31 car that won here last year in the uh, sprint race at Watkins Glen back to seventh position in DPI in the early stages Nico Veron holds on to the lead in LMP3. He was the pole sitter there ahead of Josh Sharshier for MLT Motorsports. He's been having a great weekend, so that's 40 from 30, from uh, sorry, uh, 40 from 58 from 30. Dan Goldberg for Performance Tech is in third position, but there's nothing really to call between that lot, as you might expect. At the front of the field, Philippe Albuquerque with clear track ahead of him for the moment, and it was the pass going out of the uphill S's for the first time. Blomqvist defending to the middle of the track down the back straight, really making it very difficult, but the run that Albuquerque had coming up the S's was just not going to be denied. He was already alongside, halfway down the back straight, squeezes ahead, and even though he was on the outside of the right-handed part of the inner loop, the bus stop chicane, he went through, slightly later braking from the blue and black car, started in second, and halfway around the first lap, well, actually about a third of the way around the first lap, he's already in the lead, and he's pulled away now by about eight-tenths of a second. In GTD Pro, Welcome back to Reese. we've mentioned them, but at the front of the field, the single car entry from RLL BMW M team. Half the squad over at Dallara in Italy, they're building the new GTP car, which we'll see later on in the year and racing next year. And they're going to lose the lead here because that was a great run by Harter Racing. No, fabulous late braking by Conor De Filippi has kept him in the lead, the Aston Martin, of Ross Gunn and Heart of Racing look to have got that move done and dusted, but hasn't managed to turn that into the lead of the race. Traffic coming through now with the LMP2 runners lapping the GTD Pros. Out of turn six, through the laces of the boot effectively to the toe of the boot now, the uphill right-hander so easy to get on the throttle too early and spin the back wheels. Can't be doing that at this stage of the game. Our Porsche keys to the race. Remember, there are interim points for Michelin Endurance Challenge at three hours. That is still two hours and 50 minutes away, but that may be some tricky strategy that we'll have to keep an eye on. Track limits have been pretty staunchly policed this weekend. There'll be a little more latitude in the race than we had in practice and qualifying. But when race control run out of patience, there may be some drive-through penalties. Keep an eye on that. And the weather, the heat in the early part of the race with a potential of some weather blowing in that could include rain later on this afternoon. And if we have the kind of rain that we had early on in the week, then that is going to be a factor. Everyone with the radar turned on on the pit stalls at the moment. And then the tyres. 
it was over 125 degrees on the track yesterday 53 celsius and that is at the very extreme for any racing tire tony menard telling us in the michelin countdown degree that the extreme heat and drivers driving off the track and coming back on was causing problems the outsides of the curbs very sharp here and the inside shoulders of the tires vulnerable when you come back onto the track and after all of that the other Porsche key to the race that you have to remember is traffic there'll be traffic for everyone passing and being passed is a skill that must be learned and you've got to keep your concentration just a few moments ago at turn one side by side and exactly what we were talking about the number 21 EF Corsa Ferrari the red car with the trickle or eight getting a little bit of a hip and shoulder from one of the GT excuse me LMP3 cars both of them have come out of that unscathed at the front of the field Philippe Albuquerque just holding on to that eight tenths or so lead from Tom Blomqvist about the same back to Sebastian Bourdais for Cadillac so the two Cadillacs Jeremy have switched over Bourdais now ahead of Earl Bamber uh, yeah he started ahead of Bamber uh, the um, uh, Bourdais just actually set the fastest lap of the race uh, 31 first into the 31 31 9 that time for Bourdais uh, that time for the uh, leader was a 32.8 uh, so new fastest lap there for the Cadillac and uh, you know, things have settled down now and Bourdais just edged away a little bit from Bamba on that last lap. In GTD, no real changes down there. It's in the pro class, it's still Conor Filippi ahead of Ross Gunn, but really under pressure. Uh, and that, uh, that Aston Martin we saw had a really good run here, of course, last season, don't forget. And Stephen McAleer holding right with those two in third place, leading the GTD category. This is kind of a home race now for Stephen McAleer. Of course, he's based uh, at, uh, not too far away from Watkins Glen here. Uh, uh, made his home, here, his home here for many years. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, up high, looking down on the front straight. Good crowd in the grandstand, enjoying the temperate weather at the moment. How much hotter will it get? That's one of the questions. Good to have your company. If you are here at the track or further afield, remember if you're outside the US or your territory doesn't have a network TV deal, we've got the world TV field for you. IMSAradio.com and hit the live video tab at the top left-hand side of the page. Listen live on the top right hand of the page, goes everywhere. And if you're in North America, it's Sirius 207 for you. And hello to our safety teams who I know are tuned in around the circuit with the best possible wishes. I hope we don't see you today and you have a nice, easy afternoon sitting in your EMR IMSA safety vehicles with the air conditioning on, listening to the race unfold. Thanks for all your work, ladies and gents. Indeed, all of our volunteer workers giving up their most precious time to make sure we can go motor racing, whether they're on the flag stands, track services, just uh, pointing us to the right car park. We've uh, already made a firm friend of Linda on the front gate as she's always been on in the early mornings when we've been coming in with the IMSA radio team. And nice to have a little chat with one of the Watkins Glen's regular volunteers. 
Thank you for your help, Linda, and for all your colleagues as well this weekend. Quarter of an hour gone. Let's take a VP Racing Fuel in race update. Philippe Albuquerque leading by just on nine tenths of a second. The two Acuras, 10 from 60. Tom Blancmist in second for Maya Shank Racing. Then the two Cadillac Racing Chip Ganassi cars. 0 1 Bordet from Earl Bamba in the 0 2. There's about 2.6. Seconds between those two. Stephen Thomas got ahead of Ben Keating earlier on. That's the two PR1 Matheson Motorsports Oricus. 11 from 52 by about three seconds. Dennis Anderson has dropped 20 seconds further back. And into the pits, Ben Keating just before a full course yellow. And that is because we have the number one, uh, the uh, turn one incident. And according to the race control he was in by one second and it's car seven that is off the circuit Anthony Mantella for 47 motorsports damage to the left front of that car he was sixth. the doors open Anthony I think he's all right so coming down into turn one looks like there may have been oh no he's just lost it on his own ah no he didn't lose it somebody lost it in front of him that was the number 74 74 the Riley car now, was there a clip then on the second-place car? It was very, very close if they didn't. And it also looks as though the Riley car, the number 74, actually got away with it. That was the catalyst because it was spinning in avoidance, I think, Jeremy, for Anthony Mandela as he came through. Yeah, he just <laughs> wore over the curve. How close was Tom Blomqvist to getting caught up in someone else's accident? I mean, I was impressed by his pole lap yesterday for Tom Blomkiska getting that pole position. I think I'm even more impressed by this because uh, he, yeah, I don't think there was any contact. Man, that was a heck of an avoidance by Tom Blomkist. Uh, Mantella had the leader going by him as he went in there. And I think that, as well as the spinning car ahead, may have just taken his attention a little bit well amazingly enough it may just be bodywork damage uh, on that car it looks a bit like a dirt track racer without the front left wheel arch the fender on it as it's heading up it hasn't even punctured the tire so the clip on the barrier has taken off only part of the front bodywork and Anthony Mantella is moving again I don't think he's even dropped a lap and he is already moving in that car He'll come back Joe Bradley watched the pit stop for Ben Keating did he go straight through or did he get take service Joe he took some fuel yeah just fuel really really gonna be that's gonna come and pay him some advantage later well he's not one for just doing the time that he needs to Ben Keating very accomplished bronze driver and he was in just before the full course yellow was called by race control. So a very good call by his team. We'll make sure that uh, that is a clean entry. But on the race control channel, full course yellow was called at 55 minutes and 10 seconds past the hour. And Ben Keating entered the pit lane at 55 minutes and nine, which means he would have been committed before that. And there is a bit of leeway given because of course, if you're already in the commit area, Race control don't want you popping back out again onto essentially a live racetrack as the track goes yellow. So just over 
18 minutes gone. Jeremy Shaw. I mean, what's amazing about that is that he, he was far enough, far enough ahead of the next uh, cars and he was to make that pit stop and lose only one position. They were 20 seconds. The first two yeah. were 20 seconds That's ahead right, they were. Yeah. Uh, eight, of Dennis eight, Anderson. 18.9 on the previous lap was the gap from, uh, from Keating to, to Anderson. Uh, and it, it's about 25 seconds here to do to come down the pits and and uh, and then rejoin and and uh, the, and the third place the, the next car after Dennis Anderson he was another six seconds behind him that was uh, number eight car John Ferrano and he's able to make that pit stop and get out ahead of Ferrano that was a brilliant call there uh, by the, by the team yeah uh, Bobby Orgel's uh, group there to bring uh, Ben in. And Ben was obviously on the case here because, unfortunately for Stephen Thomas, he was already committed. He'd already gone past the uh, start-finish line by the time that uh, caution had been called. The 7 is in for 47 Motorsports. They are doing emergency service to this car. The left front A-arm is broken off. It's actually sheared off, so that is going to be a bit more work. There's no steering input whatsoever from the left-hand side of this car. They have a new nose ready to go on. Prepared to do that as emergency service only, but now they've realized that there's a bit more extensive work that does need to go on to this car. They're going to have to take the existing left front wheel off, and it will be here for more than just a new nose. Thank you, Shit. Uh, explain emergency service, Jeremy Shaw, because effectively he's, he has uh, he's entered a closed pit there, hasn't he? Yeah, sorry. Who, who was that? Uh, the, the 47 cars effectively entered a closed pit, but it's emergency service. Uh, and what, what, and what explain the concept of emergency, emergency service. service. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you need to come in for, for a reason, if you've got a flat tire or you're running out of fuel, you can come in, but that wouldn't, you wouldn't have been running out of fuel. Did you have a puncture? No, no that was, it was the, the bodywork damage that they're doing. Okay, fine. Uh, so, yeah, if, if, you, if you need to come into the pitch, you can, uh, but you, you, you have to come in again after the caution period is, is, has ended and drove, serve a drive-through penalty. Uh, so emergency service, that's what it is. If the pits are closed for whatever reason and you have to come in, you can, but you have to serve a drive-through penalty afterward. It's a broken steering and rack if, for the and number you can, seven. And when you do come in, all you can do is just w whatever it takes to get the car back on the track. You can't fully refuel the car. You can only put uh, just a few, a few, uh, few liters in, uh, and or change a tire, and or pull the bodywork off a wheel or whatever it is. But you can't do any major service. And like I say, you have to come in again and serve a drive-through penalty after. It is indeed a broken steering rack for the 47 Motorsports number 7 LMP3 machine. It is being pushed back behind the wall. Four mechanics are allowed to push the car back. One is dedicated entirely to trying to shove the left front wheel into the right direction so that it will be able to make the hard right turn back to the garage. Thank you, Shit. Uh, hello to Rory Digital. Uh, nice to know that you're tuned into us to Jesse Young, tuning into the first IMSA race in a while since Sebring. Uh, also to Gareth Evans, who's in the workshop tonight. Uh, he's getting ready to do his 112th Mazda 787B. Uh, that, I can't wait to see that. Gareth does very good models. I can't wait to see it and hear that car next weekend at Le Mans Classic. Uh, we'll have some uh, coverage of that for you. Busy weekend indeed as well with more IMSA action from CTMP with Edomitsu Mazda from uh, Road America. So we'll be splitting our resources across the weekend, next weekend. 
hopefully bringing you up to date with everything there. Hello to Dave Olcock as well, who's tuned in. Uh, and for, for new fans here also that are not familiar with the regulations here, we see you, you might see a few uh, cars overtaking the safety car and then pulling away from the, the pack of cars. Those are cars that have been picked up by the uh, safety car are and are between the safety car and the class leader. So they have not been lapped by the, the the leader of the class in which they are running, they are enabled to, to go past the safety car, run around to back to the back of the pack, and just pick up the positions which they were in any case, so as not to be inconvenienced by the timing of the safety car. So there were three LMP uh, three cars that have just done that. Number six, number 33, and number 36. So they'll be able to run around to the back of the pack. Everybody else who's behind them. Uh, has, uh, which is all the GTD cars, pros and non-pros, they'd already been lapped in any case by the race leaders, so they will uh, take up position behind them, and there's no, there were no other cars that weren't on the lead lap in GTD or GT Pro, GTD Pro, so it's just those uh, three LMP3 cars. At IMSA Radio, if you would like to get in touch with us, uh, pits are open, uh, and... Oh, have the pits open because well, it was about 15 minutes when the the caution yes. came out. If, if it was well, they're doing the class split, so I'd, I'm not sure the pits have opened yet. Shit, Adam, you might be able to see. I, I can't see from where I am. The pits open or closed? That's because the lights are on the inside of the Correct. wall at this race, so you wouldn't be able to see them uh, still flashing away. But yes, they are still on, so pits are still closed. And I've only seen one team up on the wall, down on my end of the pit lane, ready to receive a car for service. That's the LMP3 leader, the number 40, Fast MD. Everybody else is still sitting pretty leisurely. Okay, Shit, thank you. And what a job by that team uh, in, in qualifying. The, the young Argentinian... Uh, uh, Nico Veroni uh, did a fabulous job. He's, uh, he, he's a youngster, originally from Argentina, makes his home now in, in Barcelona, in Spain. He's racing in, the, uh, in Europe. He actually won the opening round of the L he's doing the ELMS. He won the opening round with uh, Memo Gidley, uh, who's back into the racing this season in the GTEM category. And uh, he uh, is just a delightful young guy, and he, he is loving his first opportunity to come over here and race in North America in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And he's certainly seriously considering coming back here and doing some more. But uh, a really uh, interesting young man. He's just 21 years of age. Uh, he seems a, he's a lot more mature than that. He, well, 21 years of age are pretty mature, aren't they? Uh, in general, if they're in, particularly if they're Probably involved in motor racing. racing. since they were eight. Well, exactly right. But uh, really, really interesting young guy. And uh, he, he's loving this opportunity to join this Fast MD team, which is not a full-time team, just doing uh, the, the Michelin Endurance Cup this season. Uh, it's a very ambitious team, however, and they want to be running two cars for next season. And it showed already... Uh, yes, this weekend, how competitive they can be, qualifying on the pole position, running up front and pulling away in the early stages of this race. Nico had pulled out seven or eight seconds over the rest of the field before this full course caution. So really nice job from that fast MD team. So given that they've split, uh, done the, the, GS, uh, the uh, DPI split and brought all the DPIs back to the front of the field... I'm not sure we're going to see the pits open this time around. I think we're going back to green. So it might have been close enough to the 15 minutes that race control uh, decided that effectively it is what's termed a short yellow, which I always incorrectly call a quickie yellow, but that is the same idea. So they'll bring the faster cars back to the front of the field, but because it was within 15 minutes 
of the last green flag. And this will occur again during the, during the race if it happens again. At the discretion of race control, they can call a short yellow. Uh, and in that case, their pits do not open. So let's see what happens this time around to the lights on the safety car, which I notice has uh, morphed from earlier uh, in the weekend from a Corvette C8 to a very bright blue Cadillac. Let's see as they come through, they're in the tour of the boot right now. And if the lights are going to go out, they should go off uh, between eight and nine and the lights are off between seven and eight so yeah we're going back to green that uh, Cadillac then piercing the field and behind it a blue and black Cadillac almost uh, a blue and black Acura almost exactly the same blue on the Conington Minolta car five and a half hours still to go and fraught full speed fast and furious action in the first 27 minutes. So now the field effectively under the control of Philippe Albuquerque. Took a while for Philippe to take up the cudgels on social media, but when it was suggested to him that uh, his Twitter handle should be Albuquerque, he was on there <laughs> like a flash. And that's how you can follow Philippe. Oh, and he goes early. Little bit of weaving left and right and into turn 10. He's gone and he's followed by Tom Blomqvist and they have nailed it. Everyone else from Sebastian Bourdais caught napping there and there'll be 10 or 12 cars lengths across the line between the two Acuras. One second between the two Acuras and the rest of the field as Bourdais was not expecting them to go so early. Down to turn one. Through on a perfect racing line. Now climbing through the S's. Bordier pulled away just a wee bit. I think everyone was caught napping there. That was a really early going for it for Philippe Albuquerque coming into turn 10. Was, wasn't it? And uh, a great restart there. And uh, in LMP2, oh, Stephen hang on. Thomas. Oli Clark going round the outside. That's a position made up on Tristan Fortier. The car bouncing, oscillating down that back straight. That you could hear the car hitting the ground. They're running the car super low this weekend. And those bumps are really flinging the cars around. Sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that in LMP2, I think Ben Keating made a move on Dennis Anderson down into turn one at that restart. So I think number 52 car back into second place in LMP2. He was certainly looking to make that pass down on the inside at turn one. And remember, Ben Keating has made a pit stop. So a bit of action further back down the field on the restart between the... Pro Lexus and past the Gilbert, was that the uh, Gilbert Corp off car? Yes, it was yes. the number 32 machine off the track through turn number one for the number 14 and up the inside into the middle of the S's. Respectful driving from both cars now and now the number 14 Lexus is hunting down Stephen McAleer. Not in the same class. Magalia third in the GTs, first of the GTDs, and hassling Ross Gunn and Conor De Filippi, who are a couple of GTD Pro cars ahead of him. Also in there as well is Robbie Foley, I think. He's got past Magalia. So Robbie Foley has had a fantastic restart. He started down in 
29th, and I reckon he's up to 26th or 25th at the moment. So the blue and yellow BMW uh, M4 GT3 of Turner Motorsport made the best restart of anybody. And uh, is climbing up now. He's looking at the back of Ben Barnicut. Three GTD Pro cars now at the head of the GT classes. Conor De Filippi from Paul still leads by about half a second from the Harner Racing Team Aston with Ross Gunn behind the wheel. Then Ben Barnicut for the first of the Lexus RCF GT3s. That's the black and yellow car, the Bumblebee-style machine. Then Robbie Foley for Turner Motorsport. And... As I say, he made a very, very good restart indeed. Stephen McAleer trying to tough it out with him as they were heading through the toe of the boot, turn seven, and up the hill. But that BMW looks very well dialed in indeed and was able to drive around the outside, then switch to the inside. My goodness, that's forceful driving from both Stephen McAleer in the silver and black Mercedes and... Uh, that uh, brightly coloured Turner BMW, the yellow and blue car. Also making uh, up positions, the number nine, Matcha Jamin here, Faf Motorsports. That's the driveway, Motul-sponsored car, right on the tailpipes at the moment of the number 12, Richard Highstand-driven Vassar Sullivan. That is the GTD version. Remember, the car's the same. It's the driver lineups in the... 2GT category that make them different, but potential in terms of performance of these GT Daytonas exactly the same. Only the driver and the lineups of the driver with their ratings de determine whether those cars go into GTD Pro or standard GT Daytona. So just over half an hour gone. Here's how it stands in GTD Pro. It's Conor De Filippi who leads on our VP Racing Fuel in-race update in the number 25 BMW from Roskun in the 23 Aston and the 14 of Ben Barnegat is the Lexus of Vassar Sullivan. In GTD, Robbie Forley for Turner Motorsport from Stephen McAleer in the number 32 team court of Mercedes-AMG GT3 and Richard Highstand has the number 12 Lexus in third position. In the prototype classes, Nico Veron led from the green flag for Fast MD Racing. He's got three seconds on Dan Goldberg for Performance Tech. 40 from 38 from 58. The MLT Motorsports Ligier in third for Josh Sarche. Should mention, of course, that Nico Veron is driving the one of just two, uh, three, sorry, to Keynes uh, in the race. Stephen Thomas leads an LMP2 from his. PR1 Matheson Motorsport, Ben Keating, who did get back into second place ahead of Dennis Anderson. 5, 11 and 52, uh, and uh, excuse me, 11, 52 and 20 in LMP2. And Ben Keating has topped off the fuel on that uh, wins number 52 car. Philippe Albuquerque by just over a second uh, from his... Uh, from the second Acura, the Mershank racing car. So Cunningham and the number 10, the black and blue car from the pink and white of Tom Blomqvist in second place. Sebastian Bordier is the best of the Cadillacs for the Zebra one That's the white and black Cadillac. The dark red and black Cadillac is Earl Bamba. That's the Zero two. He's another two seconds further back. Then it's Kamui Kobayashi for the Ally Cadillac number 48. Oli Pla in the red and white number 31 Cadillac is the further 1.3 seconds further back and Tristan Vortier for JDC Miller in the dark grey and gold number 5 Cadillac is in 7th position. Under review for the restart. Well, that's interesting. Line of Stern restart, so was somebody out of position? You can pass, 
as soon as the green is called. So it, that might just be having a quick look. Unless uh, someone was in the wrong position. We'll wait for race control just along the top of the grandstand here to our left. And for a moment, there's a little bit of cloud cover. Temperatures on the track, 39 Celsius, just dropped down from 41. Uh, and 28 Celsius in the air. And if you prefer that in the Fahrenheit scale, that's 102 Fahrenheit on the track for the Michelin tyres. 82 in the air for the crew sitting on the pit lane. John Hindhoff and Jeremy Shaw with you. That's your VP in race update with still five hours and 26 minutes to go from the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre live from trackside at Watkins Glen International. This is the sailing six hours of the Glen 2022. So Jeremy, a, a little cessation of hostilities but only a very short one there for that first full course caution. And at the front of the field, Philippe Albuquerque has been able on the, both the start and the restart to pull out eight tenths to a second lead and just hold that over Tom Blomqvist and they're about another second ahead of the chasing Cadillacs. Yeah, but they're all, they're all out there. They're in, kind of in cruise mode at the moment. No one's pushing hard at this stage in the race. Long, long, long way to go. So no point in uh, showing your hand at this stage. Uh, you want to try and save as much fuel as you can. Wait until the first pit stop. I would expect the first pit stop. I would have expected the first pit stop around about lap 24 or so. Uh, maybe a bit before that. So with that caution, probably five, 25 or 6. Uh, but any time now... Uh, they can start to think about making their first pit stops today for the, for the DPI cars. Uh, it'll be a long time before the, the, uh, the uh, GT cars need to come onto pit lane. So just kind of opening skirmishes right now. Once again, in LMP2, those two PR1 cars pulling away from the rest uh, at a prodigious rate. Also, Nico Verona, Nico Verona in the uh, fast MD, Duquesne, uh, edging out once again. He's got five seconds already over, uh, over Dan Goldberg and then a, a long train of cars behind him. So uh, interesting at this stage, but uh, nothing too dramatic. But uh, a couple of laps ago, Sebastian Bourdais once again did set the fastest lap of the race, which is now uh, a 131.685 for the Frenchman. Yeah, uh, and in the classes, it is uh, Stephen Thomas with a 35.358 for PR1 Matheson Motorsport. In LMP2, in LMP3, Nico Varone uh, for Fast MD with a 41.8. And in GTs, last time around actually, Conor de Filippi just uh, set a 47.2, 1 minute 47.269 for the pedants among you for BMW M Team RLL. And 147.4, just two tenths away, Stephen McAlee of a team caught off motorsport, just underlining what I said about the machinery being the same, just the drivers being the differences. One, two, three, four across the track as they go past us, and that is the two Cadillacs. And down the inside, it's Earl Bamba, who's just gone through and taken second position from his teammates. That all happening in traffic. Sitting in behind them, not too far away, is Kamui Kobayashi in the number 48. It's the Ally Cadillac as well. And he's right with Sebastian Bourdais. Little bit of, oh now, a little bit of smoke on the overrun from Bourdais' car on the left-hand side. Was that just a lock-up from the left front Michelin as he 
break for the inner loop. They're through the outer loop now, go, go now going past the Paul Miller Racing Stars and Stripes livery. BMW looks superb this weekend. And again, Bordet doesn't get the best of the traffic. One either side of the Risi Competizione Ferrari. And here comes Camry Kobayashi down the inside of the driveway. Faf Porsche. And it looks to be as though Sebastian Bordet struggling with rear end grip on that 0-1 car. The car snaking around on acceleration and braking. And that's all the invitation that Kami Kobayashi really needs past the court of, uh, B, uh, court of AMG, excuse me. Now the turn of BMW, the number 96 car, and Kobayashi is staring at the rear end of Sebastian Bourdais' Cadillac through turn 10, into the right hander at 11, set the car up for the front straight. Lexus RCF ahead of them, so they can't quite use all of the road, at least Bourdais couldn't. Interesting to see how they drop in behind the GT cars just to get a little more draft down the front straight. Harder racing. Now the BMW of Conor de Filippi goes under the hammer from Kambi Kobayashi up through the S's. Absolutely flat through there. Not a scintilla of a lift on the right hand pedal. Kobayashi just starting to get the aerodynamic draft. He's not going to be close enough into the inner loop. But that car is hitting the ground. You can hear it. That was through the kerb, so that's not so much of the worry for the team. Through the outer loop. Jimmy Johnson sitting down in the pit lane, watching his teammate and the onboard. As they head through turn six. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. James Vance, part of Fast MD, a driver, but also part of this team management. So I'm going to give you a little bit of credit. Where in the world did you find Nico Verone? I can't take the credit for that, but uh, when we were out, out over in uh, France testing a Paul Ricard, when we initially took delivery of our beautiful Duquesne D08, we ran into Nico and uh, great kid, super calm, and great head on his shoulders, wise beyond his years, super quick, gives really great clear feedback, and uh, we couldn't be happier to have him on board this weekend. It's a good combination with you and Max Hanratty. What's the plan for the race? Oh, if I told you that, I mean, be giving the playbook away. But ultimately, we know we got a good car underneath us. All of us have got really good long run pace, whether it be old tires, new tires, heavy fuel. So, I mean, we're just going to stick to our plan, stick to our own race, not let anyone get us flustered, and we'll see where we end up. It's, you know, we got five hours and 19 minutes to go. So, yeah, we got like five sprint races to go still. So I think we're, we're going to have some fun and just stick to our plan, and hopefully we'll have some smiles on some faces that everyone here at Fast MD Racing honestly truly deserves. It's been a tough year and a half for us, but um, I, it feels good to, to be here because it feels right. Uh, we can't be that far away from seeing the first pit stops with APIs down at the number 10, Konica Minolta pit. The tyres are being pressured, the tyre boys are putting their gloves on, so it's got to be it's got to be not far away. And further up the pit lane, the number one is in the pits. That is the Paul Miller Racing BMW, and that's early, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. No need to make a pit stop at this place, but they are, uh, they are. This team is concentrating on the Michelin Endurance Cup. They missed the first round of the season at Daytona. Their primary focus is the Michelin Endurance Cup, which they lead. Uh, which, excuse me. Which? No, st let me start again. Their focus is the main championship. Uh, but they, they want to get back into the into the mix. They missed the first race of the season. Number 27 car is in as well. 
They just, they just, they don't need to, and I don't think it was a problem. They're just getting some off strategy with everybody else at this stage. Well, let's check that out and make sure that there aren't any issues. Uh, Porsche keys to the race, uh, the heat and the humidity as in comes the first of the DPIs. Joe Bradley, an update from you first of all. Yeah, from what I can see, the Aston just took on fuel and tyres. Drivers stayed put, and I think the same was at the uh, the same case at Paul Miller. Change of driver at Paul Miller, I'm being told. Uh, yes, let me just check. I think that is the case, Joe. Uh, I'll... Uh, it was Eric Johansson has got into that car as the wheel and engineering number 31 car comes in. Oli Pla behind the wheel of that one. Joe Bradley. Yeah, no sign of Oli Pla getting out, though. I think he's had some sort of drinks bottle replenished inside the cockpit. The tyres are already on. The fueling, the last thing to be done, still going on, still going on. Just feel like an age in there. And Oli Platt, first of the DPIs to roll the dice and come into the pits for first of what will be many. And is that about on time, Jeremy, for a, a DPI? Or again, is that a tad early, seeing as though we had a wee bit of, uh, of safety car? Yeah, it's certainly a bit early than, than uh, what one would have expected. I, I would think in the next four or five laps, uh, the, the cars could certainly stay out if they, if they want to. So maybe just getting off strategy. Yeah, and I think you'll probably get a new set of tyres until they change tyres, did you see? Uh, but uh, if, if you're getting uh, something yes, clear air, try and turn some quick laps and maybe leapfrog, undercut effectively the other, the other pit callers when they come in in a few laps' time. They, even at this stage, the fueling is uh, long enough that you can do the tyres whilst it's going in. That is, that is not the same as you saw a few weeks ago at Le Mans, where when you're fueling, you can't do anything else. In IMSA, we continue here with the ability to do both things at the same time. So there is no time penalty for putting a new set of tyres on it. Jeremy. Yeah, brilliant. Love it. Lo love these pit stops. They're really cool to watch. And uh, change of position there for fourth position. Number 48, Cadillac. Up a position, a spin, but between the number 36 car and number 33 down in turn one, both pointed the wrong way. Two more LMP3 cars. Jared Andretti and Lance Wilsey got not, together. Not been a great weekend for the Andretti car. They've fought through, through a few problems. Deshaun Creech Motorsport at red, white and blue, number 33. Ninth as they went across the line and disputing eighth position. Lance Wilsey down the inside. He's not there. He's nowhere near there. And I think when he gets going again, that'll be being looked at by race control. He's uh, come from quite a long way back. Don't need a big touch there. These yeah. cars are really on the ragged edge of adhesion and a wheel, an errant wheel on the back straight. And that is the uh, number 81, the uh, Dragon Speed car, which is missing a right front wheel. That hasn't been in recently, has it? No. It hasn't. That's uh, Henrik Hedman. And I think I think uh, that, that instant down turn one, I think they were looking ahead. Uh, I think, um, who was he making that pass? Who was he making the pass? It was uh, Lance Wilson, wasn't it? I think he saw it ahead of him. Ori Fidani making a pass on Ari, Bail Ari Baylog, uh, also from position. He said, I can do that too. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't quite. Let's head to the pit lane. The leaders are in. Joe Bradley. 60, my Shankar comes to my feet. Tyres and fuel. And just behind that, the number 10 Connick of an altered car. Also, again, no sign of any drivers being changed. Just tyres and fuel from all of these teams. 
Down on my end, the pit lane, we've had a slew of LP2 cars in, the most recent of which was the Racing Team Nederland. It was fuel and tires for that car. It was a slow stop for the 16 Wright Motorsport Porsche, as Ryan Hardwick was not alerted that he was going to be driving until the last possible minute. He is now in the car. Everything to schedule here, the Mayashant car getting off its pit box just ahead of the number 10, so equal times for those pit stops for those two teams. And the Cadillacs as well, the O2 is already gone, the O1 just passing me now. And there goes the number five Mustang sampling car, just out ahead of the Dragon Speed and the number 48, the Alley entry just behind that, the Alley entry before me there, just outside. And we've got, now we've got GTs. So from DPIs and prototypes, we've now got a gaggle of GTs on pit road. And I presume that's because we haven't gone to full course yellow yet. No, we haven't. So these are th these are green flag pit stops, effectively. We've still got Lance Wilsey. It is uh, pointing the wrong direction on driver's right at turn one. I think race control is going to let everybody cycle through the pit. Uh, GT pit stops with Sher Adam. We had Robbie Foley come into the pit lane. He is staying because Michael Dynan has taken over the Turner Motorsport BMW. It is a pit stop for fuel and tires at Team Cawthorpe. I wasn't able to see if there was a driver change there. But in the LMP3 realm, we had just about everybody come in. Fuel and tires for the 54 core Autosport LMP3 that is second in the championships as the pit closed. Our lights are now on and we are under a full course caution, but it was a beautiful stop from our championship leaders in LMP3 Junior 3 racing. Fuel and tires only there. Very good, very good indeed from all of those drivers and from race control. Uh, by the way, it was the left front tyre from the Dragon Speed car. Uh, I forgot to turn that over because I was looking at it straight on, thanks to Roddy Digital for uh, reminding me it was the other right front. It was indeed the left. Has been in and back out again, by the way, uh, before the yellows have come out. Joe Bradley, a little wrap on what's been going down at pit out at the end of things. Hang on, I'm going to have to have a look at my notes. There was so much happened there. <laughs> uh, the only driver change I saw from everything down at pit out was the number nine, Faf Porsche. That had a change of driver there. Um, I'm not sure what happened to Corvette. I'm not sure what they did. And I think there may have been an overtake. The, the Corvette number three got out in front of the number nine Porsche guys. Was that an overtake on pit road? Uh, yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Well done, Joe. Yeah, Jeremy. Uh, uh, the Corvette came from quite a few places back in actual fact. The Ooh. wheel from the Dragon Speed car coming off as the car... Uh, that was the uh, left front wheel uh, coming off as the car was coming back onto the short course. So not too far for that car to get back. Apologies, that was in the short, it was in the cutout. It went back up the wrong way up the track. Um, and when I originally saw that, I thought that was coming out of the, uh, coming out of the uphill S's. So not too far for the car to get back to the pit lane and they managed to get in and out before the yellow came out which it is now but because they took the shortcut they will be docked that lap oh did it take the shortcut well, didn't, didn't you, I thought you told me no that's where the wheel ended up I don't know where the car went I only saw where the wheel ended up Jeremy so uh, if if you're right they will lose the lap so let's keep an eye uh, on that one for the number 81 I'll scroll back down uh, they are showing a lap away at the moment from the class leaders so what happened then to number 48 car during that round of pit stops? Because it came into pit in, in fourth position and less, left in seventh. That's disappointing for the, that uh, Chad Knaus. They did, they did they, change drivers. 
Yeah, okay. Well, you, it shouldn't should, make any difference. No, because it was pretty much the end of a stint in any case. They were due a pit stop within a few laps, so it needed full service. There should have been plenty of time to change the drivers. So uh, I'd like to find out what uh, what happened there because Chad Kanaus, uh, is uh, he put that whole pit crew together. He's one of the best strategists in the in the business. Okay, best done in NASCAR. But he's 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 just fine at these races as well. Trust me. And uh, you know they were looking forward to a good race. They, they didn't think they had quite the same enough pace to challenge the front of or Chad this morning. Uh, and he was uh, very gracious. Told me he didn't think they had quite the pace, but they were looking forward to the race. But they'll be having made up those positions in the early in the early stages. Made up three places. Did Camus? He got past uh, Bourdais just before that caution mm. came out, and now he's fallen behind Bourdais and behind number thirty. 31 car which made that early stop and number five of Tristan Vautier as well so that's disappointing Jimmy Johnson now at the wheel of that number 48 yeah cracking restart from Philippe Albuquerque at the uh, last throw of the green flag uh, as I say it appeared that he'd uh, caught quite a few people behind him although not Tom Blomqvist but pretty much everybody else uh, by uh, a little bit uh, unexpectedly when he went to the throttle and the positions changing on the pit lane between the two Acuras so the 60 getting out just ahead of Philippe Albuquerque That'd so annoying for Wayne Taylor uh, more than that I would say <laughs> uh, the incident that sparked this uh, full course yellow the number 33, that's Wilsey, Sean Creech Motorsport and the Andretti Autosport, Jarrett Andretti driven number 36 coming together at turn one is under review. I fear there's only one way that that is going. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we're live from trackside at Watkins Glen International from the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff, Shea Adam and Joe Bradley down in the pit lane for us. RS2, IMSA Radio, all the way through to the ends of the race. If you're outside the US, you can have a live video there as well. Hit the live video tab on imsaradio.com and here in the US it's Sirius 207 as well as on the World Wide Web via imsaradio.com and, uh, and now with uh, many cars having come into the pits before the full course caution the order has been shuffled around quite a bit uh, and with, there's a lot of people now getting that wave around the cars that are in between the safety car and their class leader uh, so they can now run around to the back of the pack. They're then free to make a pit stop if they like to after that uh, and uh, remain on the lead lap in their class. The pits... Uh, still closed. Yeah, still closed. So, so John Ferrano has just come into the pits for a splash of fuel yeah. from third position. You're only allowed five seconds of fuel uh, if you come in when the pits are closed. That's yeah. part of that emergency service we were talking about earlier on. And that's the only one of the LMP2 cars that did not come in before the caution period. So that kind of bit them in the backside there for the number eight car. So, he'll, he, I mean, no big deal. He'll drop to the pack of the pack. He'll still be on the, the lead lap with everybody else. Uh, but he'll have to restart at the back. And because it's emergency service, he will have to uh, serve a drive, yeah, make another pit stop. The bright blue Cadillac four-door saloon leading the pack around at the moment, which is the Cadillac CT4 V-Series Blackwing. It's the Watkins Glen track edition, uh, revealed officially in July 
Uh, bad news to those of you at Cadillac. Um, we're watching it now, so <laughs> it's been re revealed right now. Other IMSA track editions coming out, Sebring and Road Atlanta. So really nice piece of activation from Cadillac for their IMSA. So CT CT4 V-Series Blackwing. That means it's got a stonking V8 that makes a very, very nice noise. That's all you need to know about that, and it seats four in comfort. I had the predecessor of that car around about this time of year, actually, a few years ago, uh, with the supercharger on it to drive from uh, Canada down to here and then back up to Canada and thoroughly enjoy it. Juan Montoya looks like uh, he's getting ready to do some work down in the Dragon Speed pit. That was the uh, number 81 car, Henrik Hedman, still in that car. I think it'll be the lad who gets in next, Sebastian, uh, and then and then JPM, probably. JPM, by the way, I chatted, had a great chat with him this morning. He, he first raced here 28 years ago. I can't believe that he has been racing that long, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but uh, indeed so. He, st he started his career, he made his first career start here at Watkins Glen in the old Barbador, in the Barbasar Pro Series, as it was wow. back then in the uh, mid what 90s yes end of the night yeah mid, mid yeah. 90s yeah well we're only 2022 yeah so the oh there it is okay yeah that's... so the the dragon speed car <laughs> had to avoid its own wheel it was coming out of turn eight into nine uh, and the wheel actually built beat it to turn nine and as you've heard me say many times before it's never a good day when different parts of the car are doing different lap times and the left front tyre making its bid for freedom. Actually a pretty good job by Henrik Hedman to avoid his own wheel. Now the pits are now open for prototypes and taking advantage Mustang Sampling, JDC Miller car and the 01 Sebastian Bordet. Uh, no sorry it's the number 48 that's coming in down to Joe Bradley's end of things. Joe? Yeah the Ally car comes in looks like it's only fuel. Oh that was barely any fuel. Stalls coming out the number 5 Mustang Sampling car think it, again matching wheel for wheel fuel for fuel just a little bit of a splash and dash barely touched it with the ho the fuel hose and then he pulled it straight back off so literally what a gallon two yeah but but you know that that could be the difference between you know being able to do an extra lap if there's another caution at the wrong or right time depending on which way you look at it so it's worth it you know if you're at the back of the pack in any case because they've fallen to the back with that slow pit stop uh, a few laps ago uh, so, you know, it, it's nothing ventured, nothing gained. They're going to be able to make up the pos make up their ground and, and take up position at the tail end of the DPI cars. They're going to be able to pass everybody else and get back onto the tail, tail of the DPI cars before we go back to green. So no, no harm, no, f no uh, penalty there, effectively, for making that extra pit stop. Uh, we've got uh, one of the uh, LMP2 cars back into the pits as well. Sorry, LMP3 cars. Uh, and yeah. Adam was watching the P3s into the pit lane. Shea? Right side tires and fuel for the 36 Andretti machine. It was four tires and fuel for the 58, that's MLT Motorsport. And then I couldn't see what was happening down at uh, Mjolnir because it was a bit further down, but that was the other one that came in as well, John. Thank you, Shit. A little less hectic for you uh, that time, that time around. Uh, thank you for... All the great work down in the pit lane to our two very warm pit reporters uh, today. Jeremy. And that number 81 car did lose a lap. He wasn't penalised lap. He did lose a lap as a result of having to limp back to the pits and um, and get a fresh wheel on that, on that car. So 
Uh, Henrik there doing a you know good job to set to keep it uh, hopefully not cause any additional damage but odd that that wheel should have uh, departed company uh, toward the end of a sin you know, he hadn't he hadn't been in the pits before that so that's going to be a cause of concern for that team uh, look at the GTD cars right now Ross Gunn leads the GTD phalanx of cars uh, in, in a pro car then behind him are the non-pro cars Robert McGuinness the Lamborghini car number 39 Giorgio Sernagiotto in the Chetelar Ferrari car number 47 Tilbeck Kulsheimer in the gradient racing Acura number 66 uh, Louis Camponc in the number 21 Ferrari and also John Potter in the Magnus Racing Aston Martin car number 44. None of those cars have yet made a pit stop. So uh, the pits are open now for GT cars. I would expect them all to be ducking onto pit lane next time around. Yeah, just uh, a quick hello to Simi Rich, who's listening from the Jackie Stewart Grandstand. First time at WGI. Hello to Aaron and Simi. Uh, let's get back to green. Yeah, that'll happen very shortly. Uh, and thank you for tuning in to IMSA Radio. Always good to, to have your company. It must be a bit toasty uh, over there in the Sir Jackie Stewart grandstand, but uh, goodly amount of fans there. Not much, uh, not much respite from the heat there. I suppose you can nip out and uh, go underneath it. Nice to see the picnic tables that have been installed around the place as well. I noticed when I've been travelling around on the golf cart. Uh, thanks to all the workers here at Watkins Glen we've uh, had such a good time here again our first time here for a while although of course we called the races both of the races from here last year a GT stop Shea Adam that's your end of things I'm only seeing one driver change as John Potter is staying no he yes he is staying in the Magnus racing Aston Martin they've psyched me out there for a minute by opening his door it is a driver change for the Chetelar Ferrari that is Giorgio Cernigiato getting out and Roberto Lacorda taking over for car number 47 for the sister car the 21A of course Ferrari fuel and tires only no change of drivers that's the sound of the hardpoint Porsche roaring back into life after fuel only and it was fuel and tires for the gradient racing Acura I've seen fuel only for the car behind the number 39 Lamborghini and also the number 16 Porsche of Wright Motorsports. Fuel only there, nothing else. Thanks, Joe. And Shay, bit of track cleanup going on as well. We've got the blowers out with exactly five hours remaining. And uh, Roberto Lacorte there. A happy birthday to him from yesterday. So he's a year older than he was when he began the race weekend. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like I'm about 30 years older, Jeremy, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, there's uh, th those, those, the, the, the Aston Martin of the, for Heart of Racing did not come into the pits that time around. Uh, all of the other GTD cars that I talked about, number 39, 47, 66, 21 and 44, did, uh, as, long, as well as uh, several others, including the six, number 16, Bright Motorsports Porsche, I just saw there as well. So the number 23 car is the only car in the field yet to make its first pit stop. Well, with an hour of racing gone, we've had two full course caution periods for a total of uh, eight laps or 27 minutes. Here's how it stands. 
the class leaders, Car Barn with Peregrine Racing, Robert McGuinness in the number 26 GTD car. In GTD Pro, Heart of Racing, Aston Martin have cycled to the front. Ross Gunn then leads the BMWs for the first time after that pit stop cycle. In LMP3, Performance Tech Motorsport, Dan Goldberg in the number 38 is the leader in 12th position overall. Sixth for the LMP2 leader, the 11 PR1 Matheson Motorsport, Stephen Thomas. He's been in that car since the start, as has Tom Blomqvist, who nicked the lead away from Philippe Albuquerque on the pit stop. That was turned over in the pit lane, right at the end of the pitch they are. And Blomqvist and the Shank Racing with Curb Agajanian number 60 crew turned that pink and white car around uh, quick enough to get it in front uh, of the Albuquerque black and blue car. Philippe still at the wheel. It's still the two Acuras that lead. That's your VP Racing Fuel update with four hours and 58 minutes to go. Well, this is setting up very nicely, Jeremy. That uh, yellow, or at least actually the green flag stops before the yellow. Actually, round about the right time for most of the guys in the field. Yeah, just a little bit earlier than they needed to. Certainly, uh, yeah, a bit, yeah, a bit, but yes. Nobody massively disadvantaged there, Jeremy. We saw, obviously, the 81 lost the tyre, but that, that wasn't anything to do with the, the timing of of the yellow, the two cars that caused it, they have dropped off a lap each, and I suspect there's some further penalty coming. It is being investigated, and I think that's going to go the way of Jared Andretti, I'm afraid, because he was coming from a very long way back. But other than that... Oh, it was no the other way around, wasn't it? It was number 30, 33 uh, car making a move on... Uh, on Jared. It was, it was Lance yeah. Wilsey making a move on uh, and Jared Andretti at Turn 1. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, no, the, the big loser there is number 48 team, uh, you know, with that, with that poor pit stop. Certainly like to find out what happened with that stop. Um, but uh, when they come around now, uh, we're seeing... Pits are open for everyone, yeah. and that's the LMP2 leaders coming into the pit lane. Shea Adam is now down at that end of things. I was not expecting to see them. It will no. be fuel only for Stephen Thomas. Let's see what they're going to do for Ben Keating. He pulled in at an angle and actually blocked Stephen's exits to where they need to pull it back a bit. Ben Keating's going to leave with the lead. Oh, side by side. No, Ben, sorry, you're not ahead. You need to give way. That's the rule in IMSA, oh. and he does. But Stephen ran the red light at the pit exit. Oh, oh, no. And Ben Keating saw the red light and stops in the wind's car. That's going to be a huge, huge penalty for the number 11. Now, don't reverse there, Ben. You've, you've done the right thing. You weren't in the acceleration lane. That's the thing. He's done everything right here, Ben Keating, and unfortunately... Stephen Thomas probably distracted, I think, by Absolutely. trying to get in front of the number 52 wins car from Ben Keating. He blew the red light on the pit exit, Jeremy. That'll be a big, big penalty. I think you're absolutely right. I'm sure he was concentrating on his mirrors and, and making sure that uh, he was clear of the number 52 car. They weren't going to collect those RFID readers or, the, or those, those blocks. Is that a concrete block? I hope not. Uh, right before it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's completely distracted there and wouldn't have been looking there. So really unfortunate. I'm not sure whether he's able to uh, somehow redress that without getting an additional penalty. Because the number 52 car, it was ahead, but it wasn't clear of the yes. number 11 car. Uh, he has that to be is ahead. the key. He has to be clear of it in order to pull across into the fast lane. Otherwise, the guy in the fast lane has the... Uh, 
has the right of way there. And unfortunately, from that f fast lane, you have to move to the right a bit mm -hmm. to go through those readers. And that's why Stephen Thomas would have been distracted there because he had to turn left, but he knew, he thought number 52 car was, was still there. I think there might have been a wee touch there. I tell you what, heads up from Ben Keating because the 52 car was between him and the red lights. It would have been easy to not have seen that. And he pulled the car up well before the yellow light. So yeah. he's clear. But Stephen Thomas and the number 11 is going to get a pit lane penalty for blowing the red light on the exit of pit lane. That is classed as a safety infraction as the... Looks like the prototypes are moving forward again. So we can't be too far away from going back to green flag. Joe Bradley down in the pit lane with what looked to have been a... Uh, reasonably standard stop further up the pit lane has been ended up being something entirely different. Where are you, Joe? Yeah, and I think there's going to be more to this story. It's the number eight, the Tower Motorsports car, uh, was brought in. Uh, this is the car that won at Laguna Seca, remember? It came in, it looked like just fuel and tyres. However, then they produced a front end, and the front end was changed. And now they are just in a massive conversation with Johnny Knox, the pit lane official. I think they're going to... Uh, they've... Um, it's something to do with not taking a first opportunity for emergency service. It's something along those lines. That might appear uh, soon on your screen. But the car is out. The car slightly delayed for the, for the nose, but then it's, um, it's now away. Great flag. And this time it's Tom Blomqvist who leads them back to the line from Philippe Albuquerque. And in third position, Zero two of Earl Bamber, then Sebastian Bordier. Bamber remembers past Bordier on the track. Oli Pla then in fifth position for the 31, the red and white wheel and Cadillac. Tristan Fortier and Jimmy Johnson. That car back up to seventh position. But a long pit stop there that we need to find out about. So the 48 crew, the 48 team is due a visit from one of our pit lane crew through the inner loop for the first time. Uh, and when those uh, DPI cars came into the pits, that enabled number 81 car to get uh, ahead Dragon of them. Spin. Oh, big spin. Back on the lead lap. Down at the inner loop, and there's uh, some bodywork damage as well with the cheese wedge uh, sitting on the track. It's the right uh, motorsports Number 13. AWA. Uh, the AWA, yes, sorry, Ori number 13. Ori Fadani there. Yeah, that car, I think, just locking up on their own. Ori then losing the back end. That was coming into was turn, turn one. one. And then he's on the grass. Oh, he got hit from behind. Hit from behind Fadani. Uh, by mm. the white and green. That was Andretti behind him. Yeah, that's the 36 car again. And very lucky not to spin back into the track. And there were some penalties there as well. Uh, issued as we went back to green. Let me just grab those back up again. Oh, I now know why the number 38 car came through early on. The crew were improperly attired right at the start of the race. Uh, sorry, didn't pick that one up. Uh, well, that was changing tyres after qualifying for the 36. The 38 got a drive-through for all crew improperly attired. 
right at the beginning. Incident responsibility for the Sean Creech Motorsport uh, hit on the 36, as Jeremy rightly said, and a pit lane speed violation for the number eight. Uh, that is going to be... Well, that's a drive-through. It's uh, plus two kilometres an hour. Uh, that car will have to come back down pit lane again. It's the John Ferrano, Louis Delatraz, and Rui Pinto de Andrade LMP2 Tower Motorsports car. Looked to me though that there was a slight nudge from the Andretti car on the number 13, which has come back into the pit lane and gone straight back behind the wall for the AWA of Ori Fadani, the car that he shares with Kyle Marcelli and Porsche racer and test driver Lars Kern. Yeah, it's driven back, but uh, it is missing some essential bodywork at the back. That cheese wedge behind the rear wheel has an aerodynamic responsibility that I'm sure they'll want to sort out. Maybe a little bit of suspension damage, maybe a tall link as well on the back of that car. But Ori's done a good job getting it back. He locked up on the way down to turn one, but then to me as though he was nerfed onto the grass uh, at turn five, the inner loop. So yellows, breeding yellows, yeah. Jeremy. Th this will be a, a short yellow then. There won't be, the pits will not be uh, opened again uh, because we had one just, uh, <laughs> it wasn't, not only was it less than 15 minutes, it was probably less than 15 seconds, <laughs> slightly more perhaps, but uh, yeah, well below the 15 minutes. So this will just be, uh, get that car out of the way and then go back to racing as we are right now. So no more shuffling of the of the pack uh, other than the, the class split, which is which had been done before. And in any case, that really shouldn't be a problem. We have the, all the prototypes ahead of the GTD cars and the prototypes are all a lap behind, two laps behind actually, the, uh, the, the, the GT, GT cars are all two laps behind the prototypes, so that shouldn't be any uh, shuffling of positions there. Uh, what I did notice at the restart in GTD Pro, uh, we've now got uh, three cars at the uh, at the head of the field of GTD Pro, ahead of all the GTD cars, uh, changed for second and third. Ben Barnicott able to get past Conor Di Filippi at that restart. So the Aston Martin, that still has not yet stopped, by the way, car number 23, uh -huh. leads the class. Ahead now of Ben Barnicott in the Lexus, car number 14 for Vasa Sullivan, then the BMW for Di Filippi. Green. That was quick. Yeah, it was quick. That was a quick yellow. A bit of waving down towards turn one for Tom Blomqvist in the number 60. Maya Shank racing pink and white Acura. The blue and black car behind him is the second place car. Connick Minolta Acura, Philippe Albuquerque, Earl Bamba and Sebastian Bourdain, and Oli Pla. They all started the race, so they've been in just coming up to 70 minutes of this race. Down the back straight, equidistant, down into the inner loop. Very close to the grass. They are so quick into that. I'm going to call it an S-bend now rather than a chicane because they're just... They're barely slowing down. There's a lift and a slight dab of the brakes, and then they commit so early to the throttle through that first and second part. Gather it all back up again and fire it straight out into the Parabolica, the outer loop. 
as Joe Bradley on the restart has problems down in the pit lane for the NSX Acura, the number 66 gradient racing car that was rebuilt yesterday. Yeah, three mechanics just uh, threw themselves on the back of the car. They've taken the engine cover off and they've, they've each got hands down there. So it's, a, it's, a, it's in the engine bay, the, the, whatever the area is, and it might be they're just tugging on some, what looks like perhaps cooling pipes. I'll wait a little while and see if I can suss out exactly what the issue might be with the 66 Acura. Very wily to notice the long stop for the 48 there. Jeremy, it was a fuel plug-in issue, so that's what caused them to be delayed so long. They thought the fuel was plugged in. It took a little few extra seconds to actually get the fuel into the car. Ah, thank you, Shit. So a fuel plug-in issue. Now, running the pit light, stop at 60 seconds for the number 11 and in the pit lane now, Stephen Thomas. However, the car 52, which is the car that they are battling, the Ben Keating machine, PR1 Matheson Motorsport, passing under yellow. So that's a drive through for the number 52 as well. Now, has Ben already taken that? Yes, I think he has, yeah. Um no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He just uh, the number eleven car has just served its penalty. Yeah, I just said that. He's yep. sitting there in the pit lane yep. now. Um, Sixty seconds Plus for the drive-through. It's oh, really unlucky, isn't it? So, Keating's been down the pit lane three times though. So that was once after the first, once after the second, and once for the drive-through. Surely he hasn't been in three times for service, has he? Uh. Just before the first yellow, then did he top off? Well, he, he was assessed at the same, roughly the same time for passing under yellow. Uh, so that is going to even things out at the front of the battle. Oh, yeah. Down into turn one. He went yeah, no, past he came, the driveway portion. Yeah, he did come under yellow. So, no, he hasn't served his penalty yet. Right. OK. So that's going to be a drive-through there as well. But that will just be a drive-through. No stop at the end of the pit lane for Ben Keating. He's going to get frequent flyer miles for down the pit lane the amount of times he's been in already with only an hour and 15 minutes gone. Just waves at uh, Joe and Shea every time he goes down. I'm sure that's the only reason he's backing in and out of the pit lane. Stephen Thomas has exited. Here comes Ben Keating to serve his drive through. So he's going to gain 60 seconds on Stephen Thomas, whatever else happens. Uh, probably a little bit more than that, actually. And... Who's just followed in? Rosgun is just out. Improper emergency service for Tower as they come back in. It's the number eight. Didn't pit at the first available opportunity. That's exactly what Joe Bradley said. Johnny Knox was talking to them about. So spot on from Bradders there at the top end of the pit lane. So that's a drive-through for them as well. well. We said in our Porsche keys to the race that a drive-through here can be costly. It's so quick down the front straight. You're going to lose the better part of half a lap, maybe a little bit more on your competitors. At the front of the field, then, Tom Blomqvist resets the fastest lap. Now down to 131.638. Little bit of cloud cover. And immediately the track temperature, which wasn't as high as 45 Celsius, now down to 41. That's still a toasty 106 Fahrenheit. 
28 in the air, 82 Fahrenheit. Longfist down through the gearbox, just one cog, I think, into turn five. Porsche keys the race, said, keep an eye on what's going on weather-wise to make sure that they know what they're doing. Hello to Blue Fiend, back home in Orlando. Blue Fiend's been on holiday in the Cayman Islands, watching and listening live. Mid-race points for Michelin Endurance Cup, Jeremy. Here's the question. Is it at the three-hour mark, or is there a lap count that must be met? It's the lap completed after the three-hour mark. Is that right? Yes. So there you go, Blue Whoa. Feet. Oh, that's a very big blow-up for Mulner Motorsport. They didn't have the best of luck yesterday. That's an engine problem. That's gone in the most spectacular way. That's an old-fashioned 1970s style I'm out of here. And that Dylan. car is a light, immediate full course yellow. That car's well on fire. That's going to be an oil fire underneath the bodywork there. And already we've got the EMR safety crew making sure that the fire bottle is emptied into it. Checks to see if the onboard fire suppression has been fired. And he's actually just done that. That is very cool work indeed from the AMR safety crew member leaned in, looked to the fire button inside. So coming through the uphill S's for Mulder Motorsport and the number six car, it was Dylan McAvern, I think, behind the yeah. wheel, Jeremy, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, they were racing at the Nürburgring yesterday, didn't have the best of luck there either. And that was just, it just absolutely grenaded both sides, both sets of exhausts. Uh, and he gets off the racing line as quick as he can. Looks like it's doing the Blue Angels air display with the amount of smoke coming out the back of that. Pulls over at the fire point and the drivers know where all the fire points are. That is a huge conflagration under the back of the H&R sponsored machine. Dylan in his uh, Turner Motorsport overalls out of that car. But how cool from the EMR safety crew member who was right there, went in with the fire bottle and then reached calmly in to the car and pulled the fire suppression. Very cool indeed. And has a bottle of cold uh, water for the driver. There you go. Uh, who's, uh, who's still wearing his Turner Motorsport yes. uh, suit. Of course, he won yesterday's Michelin Pilot Challenge race, did Dylan McAvern along with Bill Oberlin. So uh, hero to zero. But what a shame for Dylan. He's doing a nice job there in that mule of the car. And uh, he was looking forward to, to sharing it with uh, Ugo de Wilde and uh, Danny Formal, who was due to make his MCW Tech Sports Car Championship debut. That was a heck of a save by Dylan. But golly, yikes, that was really scary for the following drivers. Absolutely, completely unsighted there. And he did a great job of spotting that Marshall's post and pulling her into the racetrack. I, most of the teams have spotters that can see that part of the racetrack. And until they said, there's nothing behind you, you can pull across. Yeah, and the windscreen and the camera on the Hartner Racing number 23 car absolutely covered in oil there. We've got the intervention vehicles down there. The fire is under control, I think. Yes, it is. In fact, it's been put out 
as I said, brilliant job by everybody uh, involved there. Let's uh, take the opportunity to go down to the pit lane. We'll check in with Joe Bradley, first of all. Well, I've got Danny Formal, who was down to drive that number six Mulder Motorsport car, but that's cars out now, Danny. Did the driver get any indication that was going to happen? No, um, kind of feel bad. Really, really feel bad for the team. We we're working really well. Uh, Dylan, you know, is getting used to this LMP3. It's so different what he's used to. He was making out, you know, making good ground on, on, on everyone. Uh, no, nothing really. He was just going into turn two, and he thought it was the gearbox, but that's the engine. Uh, the engine went, and uh, that's probably something uh, inside that just sounded like the gearbox. Uh, luckily, he got out of the car really fast because there was a small fire. Obviously, with all the oil and fuel on the exhaust. Uh, uh, unfortunate. I really wanted to drive. This was my first WeatherTech weekend. We had a dream weekend in Lamborghini Super Trofeo with Wayne Taylor. I'll take that as the positive of this weekend. Getting this opportunity last minute is always awesome, right? Uh, starting to get my name out there in the IMSA, IMSA paddock, which is super important. Uh, no, just thankful for Mjolnir Motorsports for the opportunity. Hopefully, we could do it together again. And yeah, uh, good luck to Wayne Taylor, obviously, in the number 10 car. And uh, yeah, a shame. Look forward to seeing you again, Danny. I'm sure I will. Thank you. Thanks for Unfortunately, back into the pit lane for Gradient Racing in their Acura. They are suffering from a misfire. It's almost as if an injector isn't giving all the power that they need. So that car has come back into the pits. The engine cover is off once again with the mechanics into the back of that car. Many thanks to Mark Miller for giving us the intel. Shay, do we know if that was the same problem that they had in morning warm-up uh, when we saw them pulling stuff out the back of the car? Do not know if it was the same problem as morning warm-up, uh, but it is the same problem that's been plaguing them all race. Okay, thank you, Shay. Still Bechtelsheimer uh, making that report to the team and coming in straight after the restart. It's been a... Well, one of Bradley's character-building weekends for the number 66 team. And they've had quite a lot of work to do in the last three races and they've got down to it Andres and the rest of the team have uh, got down to it very professionally indeed four hours 37 minutes to go we are under yellow flag number five already not really getting into the rhythm of this race four, so far one two three is it four, four or five? Yeah, four. Sorry, four. Yeah. Seems like five there. Yeah, the long, we had nine nine run nine laps in the first stint, and then we had some, we had ten in the second before the second caution. Hardly any since then. Now, has the heart of racing Aston pitted yet? Uh, no. <laughs> so Ross, good. They're going to do the race on one pit stop, I think. <laughs> Uh, I think that might uh, that might be slightly beyond them. Um, fuel mileage, Kings hyper miling, and the Aston Martin V advantage. Uh, but uh, because we just had a short yellow, the pits will be open this time, uh, and uh, I, I certainly would have ex would expect to see the Aston Martin on the pit lane. Uh, pass around first. So yes, it looks like we're going through the full formalities for yellow flag uh, pits not open at the moment as we're preparing for the pass around yeah and the only car that uh, needed the pass around was number uh, 11 which very fortuitously 
was uh, able to. Uh, was another one was that one of the LMP3 cars as well, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, that uh, which is a, several laps down. The uh, yeah number 11 car very fortuitously, even with that one minute penalty, was able to just about stay on the lead lap. Wasn't lapped by the other leaders. Apparently then in LMP2, so really lucky there, break for the number 11 car. He is going to be back on the lead lap with the wave around this time around. So it is the fifth uh, full course caution, Jeremy, because we only had the tiny little gap two. between two and three. Fourth, isn't um, it? So one, two, three, four. Yeah, this is the fourth. One, two, One on lap three, 10, four. one on lap 25, one on lap 31, and one on lap 36. Uh, What's, what's that one there then? No idea. So the first one was 1555. Uh, so what lap was that? How many laps have you got for full course caution? I've got 13 laps and 44 minutes at the moment. And five times it's been out. Because there's one where we yeah, virtually yeah, didn't get 13, back to green. Yeah. Interesting. So did, is that one, did we not go back to green there then? Interesting. So 31 car came in there for a splash. Uh, that is emergency service for the wheel and Cadillac number 31. Emergency service? Shea Adam, is that correct? Five seconds of fuel. That was it. That's bizarre. They shouldn't have needed fuel. Uh, uh, well, it, uh, I mean, the, 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 that's all the fuel they probably had. had uh, that's weird. And it's not up to speed now. Uh, 16 laps that car's been out for Plath. Yeah, but most of that's in. been under yellow. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. Uh, and it's slow now going up through the S, or is it going up the back of the field? I don't know. Confused. Uh, red light at the pit exit before Oli Plath moves on. Sure, but uh, I'm not sure it's up to speed uh, after that. I don't know, maybe it is. Hopefully it is. So maybe that was just a strategic call by that number 31 key team just to top off with fuel. Uh, if they're only allowed to take five seconds, uh, but uh, maybe that five seconds was enough for them to deem it worthwhile because there's going to be no Yeah, but then they have to come back in again if it's emergency. So, but I presume everybody's going to anyway yeah, so so at the end of this. Maybe they will, um, in which case he's going to le need less fuel than everybody else. Yeah. Odd one. Unless they didn't take full fuel the previous time that they came in, Jeremy. That's the only other thing I can uh, think about because uh, Oli Pla uh, did. And he's been in since the start, hasn't he? Uh, being told there was a false green that immediately went yellow, and that's why the timing shows five yellows. Who's what? A false green that immediately went yellow, that uh, coming when in from Lee Driggers. When was that? That was in between. That's the the ones that I've got on the timing screen that shows um, a lap where it went back to green. So that is a false green that immediately went yellow. So it well, is indeed. I mean, it went green and then we went yellow. You know, twenty seconds later. Uh, that's what I'm being told from race control. The bit full, 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 
four proper full course cautions. The, fir the first one was Timing the... Timing uh, five, Jeremy. That's my point. One well, of those okay, well was, it, was a, it's a, false, a false green, okay. apparently. It's, it's not, not relevant. I haven't been told which one that was. Uh, all right. It was just before midday. They sent a green via the feed, the timing feed, and it went straight back to yellow. Two seconds later, mistake, we think, uh, pushing green rather than the commence split so button. I'm not, I'm not going to count that if you don't mind. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm quite happy for that. I just Dude. couldn't understand why the difference was. Uh, let's go down to Shea Adam in the pit lane. Fuel only for all of the Cadillacs and the pit close light is on. Everybody noticed Tom Longfist was the only Acura to come in, which means Philippe Albuquerque stayed out. I did see Pippa Durrani up on the wall, though. Whelan Engineering not coming back through that time. It's a big traffic wait at pit exit. It is going to be the 60 leading out the 02, then the Ally Cadillac, and then the 01, the other Cadillac racing entry, and then the number five with now the 38 performance tech. Uh, no, sorry, that's the 40 Fast MP LMP3 machine joining them as well. But I do see Pippa up on the wall. Ah, there we go. Now the Whelan Engineering Cadillac is in. That is four tires and a Pippo chain. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't arguing with you there, Jeremy. I just wanted to know the, the reason for the, uh, for the discrepancy. And thank you uh, for Excellent. passing that on down from timing and race control. Yeah, so I, we're, we're, I'm going to count one less Correct. from, from here yeah, on One in. fewer, absolutely. Fantastic. So number 31 car... In again then with absolutely no gain. Not quite sure what the... Uh, I'd, I'd certainly like to know what the reasoning was for that extra stop there for number 31 car. Uh, it certainly didn't... Thanks didn't, to Lee Triggers for that. Didn't gain anything. Uh, yes, that's uh, a question that Shea Adam, who is down there, can ask uh, from the Whelan team. So, the... Rhythm of the race rather disrupted. Uh, people Durrani now in the 31 car. Still not quite comfy in the car. He's just shuffling himself around and making sure that all the wires are plugged in. He's got his helmet cooler in. His lap straps. Clearly not quite as comfortable as he wants them. And he pulls down the belts to get himself sorted out. And plugs in his radio cord. So that was a very, very fast change for those guys. Sitting in behind the CT4V. The Blackwing Watkins Glen edition. Yes, by the way, if anybody asks, we would love to do a real-world road test on that car. That's just the way to bring them to Europe. They are such a good car. At IMSA Radio, by the way, if you'd like to get in touch with us, tell you what, let's do a, a quick VP Racing in-race update before uh, we go back to green. Philippe Albuquerque, uh, he is leading for Conic Manalka Acura. Uh, and he has uh, a whole bunch of LMP2 cars behind him. They'll get waved out of the way. Number 66 car, the gradient... NSX going behind the wall to try and diagnose their issue. In LMP2, it's high-class racing that leads LMP3, performance tech, number 38, so 20 in LMP2, 38 in LMP3. 
Uh, and in the GTD Pro, Harter Racing still to stop. Well, just in the pits now for Ross Gunn. He's followed in by Ben Barnicott in the number 14 Lexus, staying out. Connor De Filippi in the BMW, so he will assume the lead. And in GTD, it's Richie Highstand that leads from Michael Dynan in the number 96. So 12 Vassar Sullivan Lexus from 96 BMW and 32 GTDs. The team caught up Stephen McAleer number 32, and Shea Adam has more pit stops. It's fuel and tires for Ross Gunn. He is not pulling himself out of that Aston Martin as of yet. Cooper McNeil is, however, out of the Mercedes. Fuel only for the Lexus. That's the number 14. <laughs> fuel only for the back Porsche as the red light is on at the pit exit. And there we go. Now it goes green. Barnico was the first car already through the Michelin RFID readers, but he did come to a stop. So a little bit of a change up as far as the GTD Pro order is concerned. But I do like the fact that Ross Gunn still thinks he can drive this whole race by himself. Poor Alex Ribeiras. Yeah. yeah, and of course that, that Aston Martin needed a lot more fuel than everybody else that came in right now. So that's why it has shuffled its way somewhere back down the order. All those other cars, number 14, 32, 39, uh, and 62, they'd already been in you know, not long ago, only really you know, a, a couple of green flags and about 10 laps under under safety car. And the point that Jeremy's making there, if you're not following along, the thing that almost always takes the longest time is putting the fuel in. That really, in terms of your pit stop, should be your determining factor. You should be able to get your driver done. You should be able to get all four tyres done uh, if you need to in the time that you're taking your fuel. If you've short-fueled or if you're coming in for a, a splash, then either you don't change tyres, you probably don't change drivers, or you only change two drivers, uh, two tyres uh, on the car because you do not want to be sitting on pit lane with nothing happening to that car. If you're bolting on a wheel or something like that, you're wasting time. So fuel and how much time it takes for the fuel to go in. And there is a mandated time for each of the classes from IMSA as to how long a full fill of fuel, try saying that five times quickly after a big night out, a full fill of fuel uh, should Even actually... Without that, yeah. well indeed, <laughs> uh, Should take uh, sitting on the pit lane. That is part of the balance of performance for each of the categories. Now, you might think, well, surely, you know, everybody's taking the same amount of fuel. That's not quite true because some cars burn fuel at a different rate. And so in order not to disadvantage them, um, then the uh, fuel time, the fuel fill time is set to each cars from empty to full. Uh, and then there's a time set for that in each individual category. Tries to make it the levelest playing field possible and that means the pit crew know exactly how much time they have got to sort out anything else that needs doing whether that's a driver change set a new mission and tires or whatever people Durrani just making sure all his vents on his helmet are open he's put the visor down interestingly even though he is driving a, in a closed cockpit car he's got the reflective but not very dark visor on in that car. Big shade band uh, on the top of the Cadillac windscreen, though, which will help him. Sun pretty high in the sky now with the local time at just after midday. Quarter past, 15 minutes past midday here. So high noon, noon about 15 minutes ago. Still a very pleasant day. A bit of cloud bubbling up towards the south as in comes the 
the rest of the prototypes as the class split is starting for DPI. Shea Adam. Watching the driver change going on in the LMP2 world, first and foremost for Era Motorsport. This is intriguing. They're putting Razzle Dazzle in. That's Ryan Dial. For the 81 Dragon Speed car, Henrik Hedman is out. It is Juan Pablo Montoya who's taken over there. That was not Sebastian. We've got a driver change for the 11 and the 52, both PR1 Matheson Motorsports cars. Stephen Thomas out of the 11. It's Josh Pearson in. And for the 52, Ben Keating out. I believe that was Mikkel Jensen getting in as well, which means that jumping ahead of the queue, the 29 Racing Team Nederland and the 20 High Class Racing, I did not see driver changes for either of those two cars. Now we give you the update just before uh, the uh, just before the pit stops. We'll give you another VP Racing Fuels update before we go back to green. Jeremy, you're looking perplexed. Well, I am a little bit because why didn't all these cars come into the pit lane with the other prototypes? Were they getting laps ago? back? I'm just putting that out there. No, because they were. Everybody else, I guess they're just taking on a splash of fuel um, while, the, while the, the fuel gets itself sorted out. Yeah. I, I don't like to see you that perplexed, no, Mr. Uh, Shaw. I, I wasn't expecting to see that, that many cars uh, take advantage of that, but you're just looking for a splash of fuel again. You're looking towards the three-hour mark in the race uh, because we're now where are we in the race. We're now and we're, we're over halfway toward the first tranche of points, yeah. which would be the three-hour mark. So. Uh, from here, you know, you've got to assume it's going to go green from here. Uh, and uh, with with uh, two more pit stops, they will be able to get to that three-hour mark from here. Already almost a, an hour of full course yellow. Yeah. That's twice as much as we've had green flag running. Just uh, underlining how untidy the first part of this uh, race has been. But really, nothing... Uh, I don't think anything that uh, race control could have done differently in terms no. of the incidents that we've seen. Uh, the question is, why does it take so long? Always, of course, and I know there's plenty of you asking this on uh, at IMSA Radio. When you've got five different classes, you've got to try not to disadvantage anyone in any yeah, of the classes. It, it, it should, doesn't really matter how many classes you, you have. You've still got just the two laps on which to make pit stops. Of course, the... One of the problems here, of course, is it takes, you know, how long is it? Three, three you know, and a half better, minutes. Better, half, better part of four minutes, yeah, for a, for a, the, the pace car can run. Three, yeah, but the way by three, three and a half yesterday. So. The way by the pass around take at least another lap as well, Correct. which if you were a single category, you wouldn't have to have to do all that. The resetting of the, the field is uh, something that is particular to American style of racing, and it does bunch everybody back up. It also means that there's an opportunity for people who are laps down. Um, to get laps back which uh, is a feature of this racing and that is the strategy that we were talking about in our keys to the race to be able to use what the race gives you and you're talking to John Church from JDC Miller Motorsport in our Michelin countdown to green and I bet he's already on to about plan Y now <laughs> he said he expected to be on plan D after the first 10 minutes uh, it is uh, a true statement that no plan survives first contact with the enemy. Well, no race plan survives the first half an hour with two full-course yellows either. And that is uh, 
why these guys on the pit lane are doing just as much work as the drivers. And just in a slightly different way, they are recalculating. Four hours and 20 minutes to go. They'll already be looking at how many pit stops and when they have to take them and when you're in the window for the next one. Talking to some of the race engineers at Le Mans, for the LMP2 cars, they were pitting every 32 minutes. And four laps in at Le Mans, which is about 12 minutes, a little bit more than that, maybe 14 minutes into the stint. So fewer than halfway through your stint, um, you're already in the window if a safety car or slow zones come out. And that's exactly the same sort of calculations that the guys on the pit wall will be doing here, Jeremy, working out, right, do we come, do we not come? There's a, a sort of an if, if we're so far through the stint, yes, we'll come. But also you've got to look, fortunately, you've got to look at what everybody else is doing as well and make sure you're not disadvantaged by some, someone doing it something a bit cheeky that might play out in this case you know three and a half hours down the road yeah which is which is really my, my point there about those, those cars not coming in when the other prototypes came in a couple of laps ago uh it's certainly a little bit uh, cheeky there and, but it hasn't cost them anything uh and particularly because we've got an, an extra lap of yellow than we well whatever yeah so after the reset of the field Keep an eye on the lights of the safety car, which are now out, Jeremy. So get ready to go racing again. Yeah, good. Um, so I said we'd do a quick rundown. Connie Minolta, Acura, Philippe Albuquerque, 10, 60 and 0, 2. That's the Acura in second of Shank Racing. Then the first of the Cadillacs, Earl Bamba, Jimmy Johnson in fourth in the 48 after that pit stop turnaround. Remember, they struggled with a fuel connection and lost ground before they made it up this time because they didn't have to put as much fuel in so the ally cadillac is up to fourth with jj behind the wheel then Borte in the zero one vortier in the five and people Tarati in the red and white number 31 car yeah so the gainer the gainer in this round of pit stops uh, ironically was number 48 car because they, they came in for a splash after the slow early stop and this is why they they did that because this time they needed a little bit less fuel and able to get back a couple of those positions particularly number 31 car oddly making two stops during this caution so the number 31 car having gained uh, some something of an advantage has now uh, tossed that away again so it's going to be at the back of the pack of the restarted cars. Leading LMP2 racing team Nederland, LMP3 Andretti Autosport, the number 36, GTD Richie Highstand for Vassa Sullivan and Ben Barnicott also for Vassa Sullivan in the pro class with the 14 cars. We go back to green with four hours and 17 minutes still to go. Side by side, Jimmy Johnson under pressure immediately Whoops. off the restart by Tristan Fortier. They toughing it out, going up the hill, and Vortier slips through on the inside. And here comes P. Portorani along the alongside of the seven times cup winner as they go through the drying agent from that huge, huge explosive engine blow from the Milner Motorsport car about 15 minutes ago. Yeah, so Jimmy Johnson's lost a couple of positions there, and uh, Pippa Durrani, uh, no problems there. Those two, the number 31 and the 48, both run by the same Action Express team, so uh, no problem there for Pippa Durrani to get ahead of Jimmy Johnson. Um, I saw a car running wide at turn one. It was one of the P3 cars. I'm not so sure it wasn't Jared Andretti, who, who'd found himself in the lead of the class, despite running at the back early on. 
uh, with a couple of dramas along the way. Uh, but uh, he is not only that, but in fact, the two LMP3 leaders, number 36, number 58, driven by Josh Sarchet in that MLT Motorsports entry, uh, they're leading actually all of the LMP2 cars because yeah. a bunch of the LMP2s came in for, for another last, splash yeah. before we went back to green, which is somewhat odd. Uh, so, that's, so there's a big shuffle of the orders amongst the prototype cars. In GTD, by the way, number 25 BMW leads. Uh, in GTD Pro, then it's four GTD cars. Number 12, which is Richard Highstand in the Vassar Sullivan Lexus, Michael Dynan in Turner Motorsport BMW number 96, then Stefan Wilson in the Hard Point Porsche ah, number 99, and Robert McGuinness in the number 39 Lamborghini for Carbon with Peregrine. Uh, and we're watching that car from on board the number nine Porsche, Manny Campbell couple of calls on penalties one rescinded for the number eight tower car not fulfilling emergency service requirements so that's been taken away but working on a car in a closed pit for more than emergency services this is a stop and a 60 second hold a full one minute for the number 31 wheel and engineering car i thought that was a bit odd when that car yeah. came in we mentioned it at the time race control have taken the same view on that so people durani is massively disadvantaged there not sure what was going on when they brought that car in and then brought it in again uh, for after it had only been out in the hands of Oli Pla for 16 laps most of which had been under yellow and this will be absolutely mind-bendingly annoying for people Durrani the Brazilian driver waiting he's got he got into this car after the offence for which it is now being penalised. And 60 seconds, standing still in the car with no air blowing through it. He's going to be hot and bothered, literally and metaphorically. He's waved away. He's going to lose the lead lap. Here comes the leader. He's going to lose the lead lap. Here comes Albuquerque. Durrani is rolling, but he must just be ahead of the leader. Yes, he is. He's about 15 cars lengths away. And this is a very important part of the race. If Philippe Albuquerque can put that number 31 a lap down, that is one of the major contenders that he's put 3.4 miles behind him into the inner loop now. And Durrani's going to have to drive the lap of his life. His Michelins will have cooled down. Hardly got them up to temperature after the restart anyway. I suspect they knew that penalty was coming and Albuquerque closes in down into turn six through the laces of the boot towards the tour. And Durrani will start be starting to get temperature and pressure in those Michelins. It is quite warm on the track at 113 Fahrenheit or 45 Celsius. Somebody's been off onto the dirt on the way out of the S's and there's a big plume of dust left in the air. I think that was the Riley Motorsports number 74 trying to go by. Jared jinked Andretti. out to the right. Oh, and, and hit the back of the Andretti car. Well, he was squeezed onto the grass, wasn't he? By I the Andretti think he car. was. It looked as though Jared Andretti moved in, and he's got bodywork flapping around at the back there. He's lost that cheese wedge again from the back of the car. Did he move in response? That's what race control will be looking at. There's defending, which is fine. But if you move in response to somebody else, that's defined as blocking. That decision will have to be made by race control. 
Four hours and 12 minutes to go. Albuquerque looking at the back of Pete Durrani as Dylan Murray has reset the LMP2 fastest lap of the race in the racing team Netherlands. Orica, that's the number 30, uh, 29 car, yellow and blue, with the Jumbo Supermarkets sponsorship. Fastest lap of the race, Tom Blomqvist, by the way, still holds that in the number 60, 131.638. So now, what are the guys telling Philippe Albuquerque? Do you go for it? Do you not go for it? It'd be nice to put the wheel and car a lap down, but not surely with any risk of throwing away the lead, Jeremy, that they have at the moment. It's risk versus reward here. Yeah, absolutely right. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll be, they'd, they'd love to, but uh, he's not going to take any risk to do so, as you, as you suggest there. Uh, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what sort of pace uh, these cars set, I think. Uh, but, um, yeah, that was a, a major blunder there. They're lucky. To, to, to be able to stay on the lead lap. Uh, the two Barely. cars have had those sort of penalties. Uh, uh, have both been lucky. Number 11 car was lucky because the caution came out as it was serving as penalty. So because everybody slowed down on this lap, it didn't go a lap down to everybody else. And the number 31 car, yeah, he had to hustle. He's just about made it um, without losing a lap. And the Jared Andretti, Andretti Autosports car, has been assessed for incident responsibility with that number 74, forcing him onto the grass. That'll be a drive-through there. I don't know whether it's the heat, Jeremy, whether it's the fact we haven't done a long-distance race for a while, but the amount of particularly pit penalties that we've seen and mistakes in the pits, we talked about it in the Porsche keys to the race, but the, it does seem to have been particularly heavy uh, in the first, what, hour, couple of hours of the race. GT battles. Inception McLaren going yeah. through on the inside. Two McLarens together yeah. there. Great to see the two 720s. Here comes the Jared Andretti car down the pit lane to serve that penalty. Effectively, that's for blocking. It's been called incident responsibility. There was no accident that happened, although they've lost a bit of bodywork. So there was contact. Pushing over to the right-hand side when the... Riley Motorsports number 74 had a run on them. Ah! Now, that was from earlier on, we're now being led to believe. This was the AWA car incident responsibility for driving into the back of Ori Fadani and pushing him around. That was quite some time ago, but we've had quite a lot of uh, yellows to deal with in race control, and they'll be working through all the incidents. So that might be the first of a couple of drive-throughs that we are yet to see for Andretti and that number 36 car. Yeah, he's going to be lucky if he doesn't get another one for, for that uh, incident, as you say, with number 74. A couple of other notes here. Number 01 has passed number, number 02 on the uh, third lap after the restart, so last time on lap 47. 0-1 ahead of the 02, so Bourdais ahead of El Bamba again. And he's going to try and track down those two leading Acuras. Some super battling in uh, and the leaders coming through. There's the leaders coming, weaving their way through. Also, the uh, Dylan Murray is pulling away from Fabio Shearer in LMP2. He's also passed Jimmy Johnson's DPI car as Dylan Murray. He's got the bit between his teeth. Reset the fastest lap of the race in P2 a little while ago for Racing Team Netherlands. That Oregon LMP2 car uh, looking very strong indeed. 
people to Rani, really making the best of the GT traffic there to put some real estate between himself and Philippe Albuquerque in LMP3. Kai van Perlo behind the wheel of the Riley Motorsports number 74 has just set the fastest lap of that category. 141.7 for the man who is leading Porsche Carrera Cup North America presented by Visit Cayman Islands.com. Now the lead has come down just a, a little bit, I think, between Philippe Albuquerque and Tom Blomqvist as they're both going through the traffic. Often the case, although Philippe Albuquerque is getting a little bit of a helping hand here from Pete Wardorani because he effectively is letting all of the other cars know that the leaders are coming through. He's on the end of the lead lap, remember. Uh, 138.60 the last lap for the race leader, Philip Albuquerque. His previous lap, 131.96. So seven seconds, basically, he lost, weaving his way through that traffic. That's, again, why we talked about earlier on patience uh, being the key here. You want to make sure you get through that traffic cleanly and you see the cars, they're moving left and right as they work their way around the GCD cars. This is really scary on a, a snaking track such as this. It's really difficult. And this is why it's so mentally taxing because yeah. you want to have your wits around you at all times. And that applies not just to the leaders working their way through the traffic, but also the traffic, you know, the slower cars. They've got to make sure they try and stay out of the way of the leaders. And uh, all of that, uh, ooh, ah, yikes. That's a big crash for number 13. Yeah, yikes. both sides wiped off the AWA. Orlando car this will be a full course yellow four hours and six minutes to go and we're I'm afraid into another full course yellow Lars Kern behind the wheel yep. and already the Porsche Cayenne is there with traffic coming around and that is is that the exit of turn one Jeremy I think yeah, it is again I think doesn't seem to like LMP3 cars does it turn it's one certainly has a bit of a magnet for LMP3 cars today. Yes, he's just on the exit of turn one, halfway to turn two, actually. Wipe both sides off that car, and that'll be the end of the day for AWA. And that's really unusual for Lars Kern. He's an exceptionally... Oh, no, don't do that. One of the Lexus, they're being waved to the... Well, not sure this is very smart here. They were being waved around the other side of the accident, but one car goes to the left and then splits the safety vehicles. And then, of course, everyone else has followed them through. It was the Lexus, uh, one of the Lexus that uh, went through first of all. I think they wanted them to go to the right-hand side. Maybe there's a bit of debris there that uh, they've now seen. Looks like a formula, an old Formula One car from the 1980s from above with the all of the bodywork wiped off over the top of the wheels and the bits in between the wheels looking like side pods an old copper Sioux car from above there with the uh, low drag package on and no front wings as the field goes through very slowly dangerous times for the safety workers there Lars Kern extracts himself from the remains of the AWA car was sitting in eighth position when the accident occurred in its category. Uh, Lars got out on his own, didn't need any assistance. Let's uh, go down the pit lane. We'll use uh, this caution as the opportunity to pick up some more driver interviews. Shea Adam is down uh, at the number 11 PR1 Matheson Motorsport pit with Stephen Thomas.
Lamont winner, Stephen Thomas. That's something that will be tethered to your name forever and ever going forward. Coming back into your LMP2 car in IMSA, though, did it pinch you for a minute to remember that the last time you'd driven an LMP2 it was around Lasarth? It really did. Uh, one thing, when I came here, so many people came up to me to congratulate me, people I knew, people I didn't know. Uh, it's starting to sink in what a big, big deal that is. It was a ton of fun. And it's cool that you and Ben Keating, your sister car teammate, also got a win in the same year. Yeah, we were on the podium together, you know, in different classes, which was a lot of fun. And I've told this story before the race. Ben sat with me and went corner by corner, you know, and which was a big help. Uh, so, you know, we're not teammates over there, but we he still worked together, and then we're teammates here. And he put on quite the show in qualifying yesterday. Uh, more pace to come, but, of course, you're in this for the full season championship. So has Ben issued you any words of wisdom as to try and follow in his footsteps from last year? Yeah, he told me go just a little bit slower than him. Uh, but we had, no, we had a fun. He, he was very kind. We were just talking about this off the air. He just told me that my pass of him around the outside of the carousel was the pass of the year. Very generous by Ben Keating to say that. So far, coming back to this track, this is the one that you won at last year. Fond memories racing at Watkins as well? Yeah, we won here last year, and uh, I think last year it was the other way around. It was like .00 something in qualifying too. So uh, it was a lot of fun last year, and we had good memories. We're hoping to turn it around to another victory today. Hopefully for the team, we'll be 1-2. Are we going to see you in the car again the rest of this race? I don't think so. I think my drive time is over, and I think in a little bit they're going to, we got the kid in there now who's, you know, super fast, and then we're going to put the veteran JB in there, and uh, well, I couldn't be happier to have them racing with us. But on the other side of the garage, you know, those guys are great too, Huffaker and Jensen, so, you know, Ben and I are fortunate to be going with such great pros. Steven, thanks for the chat. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks so much.